0: ProActive Worldwide is one of the largest business intelligence firms in the world. President and co-founder David Kalinowski took me deep into the history of ProActive Worldwide and introduced me to the art and soul of today's evolving intelligence industry. With this maiden voyage of ProActive's new business intelligence podcast, I invite you to spend the next 20 minutes listening to the stories of how a proper execution of an intelligence strategy can mean the difference between making or losing millions. I give you David Kalinowski.
1: Hello, this is David Kalinowski. I'm the president and co-founder of ProActive Worldwide. Started the organization with Gary Mag back in 1995 and excited to be talking with you today.
0: Yeah, so 1995, 23 years. That's a long time. Can you take me back to the beginning and and, and what that was like? Sure, I'd be happy
1: to. So Gary and I worked together with a smaller boutique consulting firm for about five or six years and uh, broke away from there in 95 and we had a conversation uh, at the, the the backyard of a house that I was renting at the time, actually, and uh, sitting on some of that green plastic patio furniture, and I had some dialogue. And I wasn't quite sure, you know, if I, I wanted to jump in or not. And you know, Gary was committed to making things happening and was going to move forward, you know, regardless. And you know, so we had a great conversation, and and he left the house. And uh, by the time he got home, he had a voicemail from me saying, "Let's do it." <laughs> you know is uh, the hesitation involved? You know, he was just building a new place, I think, at the time, and I was—I had just in August uh, of '95 had my first son. So you know that that uh, bit of fear, of course, that that kicks in when you're starting something new like that. So ultimately, we you know decided that you know we can control our own destiny a bit more, and you know we were off and running in October of '95. You know, we worked out of our respective homes for the first. Three years, 20-hour days, six days a week kind of mindset, you know, get the work in, get it done, and uh, in 98, then hired our, our first employee. So, you know, it's uh, it's been a great run since then. Fast forward 23 years later, you know, we have uh, around 40 full-time team members now in our organization and one of the largest companies in the world at, at
0: what we do. One of the largest in the world? It is, yeah. Wow. How do you do for yourself what you do for other businesses? Ha, interesting. Interesting.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know, you always have to keep an eye on on the competition and, and your pulse on the market and driven by you know, what what do the customers want? What do our our stakeholders you know need and desire to make more informed decisions? And you, know, you have to benchmark against what some other players in the market are doing and what we need to do to uh, just keep up. Uh, and then of course what we could do to leapfrog uh, ahead of them. So of course we we keep tabs on some of our own uh, different competitors out there in the space and. It's interesting though, uh, because you find that there's a wide variety of individuals or companies that starting to dabble in, you know, the the intelligence arena. Whether it is traditional, uh, you know, market intelligence organizations or advertising agencies that uh, maybe are more traditional market research focused, looking at behaviors, attitudes, beliefs of customers, and now they're starting to dabble in CI. Or at times, uh, the management consulting firms might. Uh, try to position what they do as, as intelligence uh, gathering. But uh, it, it's quite a bit different than what we do. And then, of course, you still have you know, individuals that are maybe displaced from their organization and they wake up and say, well, you no, know, hey, I, I have a phone, I have a computer, I, I could jump into this uh, intelligence work, uh, uh, but don't necessarily have the experience or the resources to deliver on, on some of these engagements, which can be quite complex and quite global at times
0: yeah yeah that's great that you're uh, explaining that because I was really curious is how does somebody how do they figure out you know who the best uh company is to hire and and like you said, it sounds like there's a there's a lot of uh, different people doing it different ways, like agencies and stuff like that like everything,
1: you know, you, you get what you pay for, right? And you can hire individuals that have a little bit of experience. But if you really want to hire an, an expert organization that really lives and breathes around being able to capture and analyze actionable market competitive, you know, customer intelligence uh, and to support decisions, then our firm is really one that, that specializes in that area. I think another thing that, that we encourage people to look at is just the stability of the, the company. You know, we're, we're in our 23rd year of business now, and, and you have a lot of learning lessons over the years uh, that you gain from that. But you also, you know, establish yourself in uh, very high employee and client retention uh, that we have these days. Uh, I think as companies are also looking to hire a firm like ours, you got to look at subject matter expertise. You know, do you have individuals on staff that are part of the team that understand your industry uh, so that you can combine, you know, the knowledge of the industry with the knowledge of uh, collecting and analyzing intelligence and then, you know, the strategic connection with that content. So, you know, the experience that you have is important. You know, so you have leadership, stability, experience, and you have, you know, just the overall approach. I think the fact that our organization has very proven solutions-oriented methodologies uh, is something else that's really important for organizations to, to keep an eye on. Another element actually uh, involves, you know, some agility in project management. You know, we have to keep projects on time, on target, on budget. So you want to be able to select the firm that can flex with the needs as, as necessary, but also can, can handle the management of what, again, can be very complex engagement. Some could be, you know, quicker, short, ad hoc turnaround projects, but many are, are very involved with different companies you're looking at or different scopes or different regions of the world. And so you have to be able to not only have on-staff uh, individuals that can bring their talents to bear, but also have the networks and relationships externally to pull together for fragments of the the engagement to deliver as well. And I would say the last element uh, as a way that companies can think about who to select involves, uh, you know, the global reach and the frequency, right? I mean, we've done work in, you know, all over the world. So, Americas, Europe, AP, even, uh, you know, select parts of, of... Africa, you know, so I I think it's really interesting if your project
0: has a global perspective to to work with a firm that has those international capabilities. I just want to go back um, just a little bit earlier than ninety five about how you got started into this business. Like, you know, what did you study, and then how did you get yourself into the into this into this pathway?
1: Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. Uh, You know. At the time when I got into the intelligence field here, it really it was just emerging. Uh, obviously, the, the, the idea has been around back to probably, you know, caveman days, you know, uh, when you're looking at one caveman and see how they make their fire and say, hey, I'm going to copy that and I'm going to make a fire better, And but you have to observe that and benchmark against what they're doing in many ways, right? So, But when I got into it, I actually studied political science and had every intention to go to law school and decided instead, after I, I joined another organization that I really fell in love with the idea of trying to understand competitive strategy and how companies succeed and others don't in particular markets. And, you know, started out as a, as a researcher and, and doing secondary research, although there wasn't a whole lot of secondary, meaning published information at the time back in you know, 1989, 90, when I got started in, in this field. You know, it was it was the days of to really do your research. You would request a company's annual report if they were a publicly held company, and wait for the two weeks for it to arrive in the mail. Flip right. to the back pages, and then you know, see the executives, and start calling the executives. Uh, there, there wasn't you know LinkedIn and Google and all these other great search engine tools now to to find people or to find background information on companies. You know, sometimes you'd have to go to the library and look up microfilm or microfiche or something, and and start from there. Uh, You know, but a lot of, you know, a lot of primary research, getting on the phone, going to conferences and talking to people and building your network and, and using different types of uh, conversational techniques to have individuals open up and and chat with you. And so started uh, as well as Gary, we kind of both, we started about a month apart together and kind of grew up the chains a little bit, both doing research and doing more analysis then project management, then ultimately, you know, into doing some consultative sales there. Uh, before then, we decided to to start proactive. But most people just kind of fell into the role, and, and now, obviously, there's very targeted uh, campaigns to, to hire for these positions. You know, Nearly every Fortune 500 company has some type of an intelligence capability. They might call it business insights or some other name. Uh, but it's hard to survive these days in business without understanding your market, your customers, your competition. We kind of view it much like, you know, public relations 30 years ago, you know, that that function didn't exist in every single organization like it does now. Can you name me one Fortune 500 company now that that really that doesn't have some kind of a public relations department? And that's where that's where the
0: intelligence feels, head headed or is. But do you have a story of what you just said? Is it where a client comes to you and then where you actually go through the process and you enrich their lives, you transform them as a company. Can you describe a situation uh, more specifically? Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, look at, you look at a, a company and might hear a, a rumor uh, in the pharmaceuticals world. So that's a big part of our, our business. We have four different practices, we have a healthcare life sciences team consumer industrial goods, a technology team, and a financial services group. And within our healthcare practice, it's not uncommon to want to better understand, or at least have our clients better understand, you know, when a when a product is uh, about ready to go off patent, what generic you know launch is going to happen? What generic brand is going to come out and, and compete against that? And when, when are they going to actually launch it in the marketplace? So a few years back, we had a client that had heard a rumor for one of their distributors, basically saying, hey, you know, as soon as that product goes off patent, then the next day they're, they're ready to launch. They're ready to launch their generic. And, and you know, um, there wasn't a whole lot of merit behind that. And in But initially they were hesitant about making an investment that would have been, you know, forty or $50,000 to really uncover and discover whether or not there is any merit to this rumor and, you know, what really is the current situation and when might they truly launch and the, you know, the prospective clients still felt comfortable enough that they had a reliable source in this distributor and and they, they decided not to make the investment and, and learn more. And what they did was make a decision to launch their own generic preemptively before, right before their, their own branded product was going off patent. And so what happened was as the client waited to hear and see the, the generic of the competitor launch, it never quite emerged. And in fact, it was eight months afterwards before that competitor launched their generic product when the client was thinking it was going to be near immediate at the time, the client was making some somewhere around seven or $8 million a month on that product. So they had cannibalized about $56 million of their, of their product because they didn't want to invest, you know, 40 or 50 grand to, to understand the truth. Wow. So that's the power where you can really help an organization. Now, since then, you know, we've worked with them on many types of engagements that that they've learned differently now uh, about the value of the investment here uh, but when you're able to inform uh, of a you know new strategy or a new new distribution model or new business model or some new emerging non-traditional competitor coming into your space and you're able to give more insights around that and what it means to the client and their industry and their overall business and how it impacts their their plan and how it might derail their plan or how they have to change the mix of their offensive and defensive strategies. When that's happening and you're giving them that input in advance of things actually happening, or you could create scenarios and help them better understand which scenario is more plausible to come true because of certain indicators that you're tracking. That's the real value of how intelligence can impact strategic thinking. Gary has often said in the past, you know, uh, what we do is is kind of bridge the gap between guessing and knowing.
0: To me, Dave is the Yoda of business intelligence, and I found myself wanting to learn as much as I could from this master of business insights. Continue listening to hear how he and Proactive Worldwide transforms organizations into their own masters and how a World Series baseball game in Chicago instilled in Dave, a core tenet he's come to believe as the most basic and important aspect of everything he does. Do you ever run into uh, situations where you're like, you know, you got to figure something out where you're kind of stuck. You you can't find something out out that you want to. You know, what kind of challenges do you run into and how do you get through those?
1: Well, you hit on what is probably the most uh, uh, dominant methodology that at least a skilled intelligence uh, organization will apply. And, and some of this learning came from Professor uh, Kinzinger, Paul Kinzinger, who used to teach at Thunderbirds uh, Graduate School yeah, in the field of intelligence. But, you know, we talk about find it out versus figure it out. There's a lot of information out there on the market, on customers, on, on you know, suppliers, on regulatory bodies, on the economy, you know certainly on competitors, that you can find out, right? There's other information that might, either whether it's just not as published or a little more sensitive in nature, that you might get some building blocks and you have to figure it out. So to us, a lot of intelligence is about putting together the pieces of the puzzle, right? And being able to tell the story and figure out the answer. If you wanted to find out the PL on a privately held company, you're probably not going to get an income statement yeah. you know, on that privately held company. But can you get some building blocks and get a sense of what their sales are, a sense of what their operating income is, a sense of you know, how they might compare to the typical average of net income in that industry and piece together some key components through some assumptions and some other modeling to figure out the answer? Yes, of course you know and, and so we often say you know you you can't always learn and find out everything out there and, and at 100% accuracy right uh, because that would that be better known as fact and we're not talking about <laughs> fact we're talking about intelligence you know and so um, we talk about perspective versus precision a, a concept uh, learned many years ago from from Kirk Tyson you know perspective always exists not precision so when we think about the challenge is uh, think about the context of, you know, if you wanted to find out uh, a, a company's revenues for a particular line of business, does it really matter if I come back and tell you that, hey, we believe it's between 100 and $110 million, or if I tell you it's $102.7 million, does it change your decision at all? Uh-huh. No. You know, so, you know, you could get a perspective without it being precise and still make a highly informed
0: decision. Right. So, I noticed a lot of what you do is a lot of training. Of, of, of your clients and so right so you're teachers in a sense and along those lines if you could t- talk to me about how you do that but at the same time what I'd be really curious about is can you share anything that you've learned recently that you know you're like you know because you're probably always studying and is there something you could you can share that you were like wow that's that's really interesting
1: yeah I mean going back to you know to talk about training as being one part of our business and it, and it certainly is I I, I think we bucket our, our offerings into three core categories, you know, strategic planning type of work. And that can involve better understanding transformational business models. It could be helping to create scenario planning. Again, trying to think of some best case, worst case futures and better preparing for which one of those or a couple of those might come true and what to do about it. And then the third is around war gaming. And uh, that is really about pressure testing your existing strategy, and in some cases, creating a new strategy uh, to be able to, uh, again, better prepare by role playing the competition and sitting in their skin to start to think how they think and how they see the world. So you could, again, better be prepared for what they can do, which they might all- not always actually do, but you have to be prepared for. To what they can do, market intelligence, competitive intelligence type of work involves everything from competitive profiles to market entry and defense studies to benchmarking engagements to you know helping companies set up their their intelligence capability and build it from the ground up or enhance it to the next level, and then certainly training as you mentioned. What we actually uh, partner uh, quite a bit with the leading organization um, association in this arena, uh, SCIP SCIP the uh, strategic and, and competitive intelligence professionals, and we are the, the provider of their CI100 certification class uh, here in, the, in North America. And so we're, we're really excited to have that relationship. But we do a lot of private training as well for our corporate clients who want to have a more customized approach. Uh, they might not want to send multiple people to a public arena. In a private training session, we get more intimate and really talk about very practical, real things they're, they're facing you know, and then, of course, we have some some software partnerships uh, that we help to to build, uh, you know, a, a an aggregator type of a tool that allows for a central repository of intelligence. And then the third category around uh, you know customer intelligence is everything from customer experience work, user experience, voice of customer, you know, and digital strategy. Those are some of the different areas that we serve in in that arena. So that's the answer to the first part of your question. The second part about what. But I may have, have learned um, lately, you know, it, it comes down to doing the fundamentals. You know, uh, Gary and I used to, uh, even though he's a Cubs fan and I'm a White Sox fan, uh, we actually did go together to see the White Sox win the World Series in uh, 2005. And we're at the Game 2 and Ternurco hit the Grand Slam. It was an awesome experience, right? But we're sitting there and uh, in the left hand, have you ever been to uh, what is now, I think, called Guaranteed Rate Field? but I'll still call it Comiskey. Yes. Um, you know, on the far left field, up in the side, you see a big sign of big steel science as fundamentals, right? And to me, what I've learned is, you know, in any, any business environment, but in particular in ours as a small business provider, you know, doing the fundamentals well matters. And that is, you know, high quality outcomes, exceptional client service, you know, being responsive, calling people back in a timely basis or emailing them back, right? It, it is the fundamentals of respect and professionalism and, and uh, you know, some, some common sense things that not everybody does anymore, you know? So to me, the biggest thing is just keep continuing to do the fundamentals. And if you do all that well, you usually both
0: come away as winners. Nice, nice. David Kalinowski, Proactive Worldwide, and a new podcast on the art of business intelligence and insights. Stay tuned for our next episode on Wargaming.
1: I mean, when you asked earlier about, hey, you know, uh, how do you uphold... Your, your purpose there of enriching the fabric of people's lives and, and really getting people to transform their business. And War Game is a great tool to do that. Uh, it is probably the, the most un- misunderstood and often uh, not used uh, strategic tool that, that's out there in the marketplace.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. Be sure to visit proactiveworldwide.com to learn more about their strategic intelligence services.